This is HomePod Defense Squad for Sunday, October 20th, 2019. Hit it. HBDS, your number one source for all things tech news from the good to the bad to the vapor. Joining me, as always, is that one guy watching Joker alone in the front row of your local theater in Redmond, Washington, Mr. Evan Hirsch. How you doing? First off, Joe, I'm in San Francisco. And second off, Jesus Christ, why do you have to do me like that? (laughs) (laughs) That was real. That was real mean spirited, Joe. I Um, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I haven't actually seen Joker yet. I'm going to be honest. I haven't I haven't touched it yet. I haven't seen that movie. I'm actually going to go see fucking uh what is it? Jojo Rabbit this week. Um so I'm going to be I'm I'm the guy going to going to be watching Jojo Rabbit alone. <laughs> Which is like even sadder than watching Joker alone. Somehow yeah, I was going to say somehow that might actually be worse. It absolutely is worse because I'm not like I'm not like a crazed mass murderer who's like super into watching like Joaquin Phoenix, like be a jo- be a crazy man. Uh, I'm, I'm into Taika watching I mean, him be Adolf Hitler. I all right. So like, speaking of which, um, because like, all right, all right. So I, I don't even know how to transition into this. But we talked before the show, and I really want to talk about Tinder. Um, I also I, want I, to talk about Tinder, but for very different reasons. But. That's neither here nor there. Evan, no, what are- you and I both know very well that you know that I know that you know that we both know about Swipe Night. We both know about Swipe Night, Joe, for various reasons that we're, don't involve our relationship status. We're both fully aware of what Swipe Night is. We both yes. tried Swipe Night. We're Actually, gonna- <laughs> oh, I you- haven't. You haven't tried Swipe Night. No, Joe, usually I'm busy between 6 to 12 p.m. midnight on Sunday nights. Yikes! Oh, Um, my heart. uh, It's not because I've run out of likes by that point. It's (laughs) nothing to do with that. It's always that I'm busy. So, Joe, I want you to explain Swipe Night to me, and I want you to give me your little review. Why should I try swipe night tonight on and why is this night different from all other nights joe all right so let's uh let's see what what was um so you remember that like that weird like 30 to 60 day period with netflix where they were just putting out all those like fucking bear grills in the wild and you make choices for him and he just like falls off a cliff and dies if you make the wrong choice (laughs) deal yeah yep this is one of those. Right. So it's, so it's an interactive adventure. You could call it that. Um, so okay. y- you get dropped into this vertical video nightmare. And you, you're just like this first person video guy going through this weird, bizarre night. You're in like just generic california town and i'm it's california there i'm telling you it's either los angeles or it's somewhere in austin and it can absolutely not be anywhere else or it's like a mishmash of the two but Mm. there are aspects of this place that only exist in these two cities anywhere in the world trust me on this i've been there anyone who has used swipe night 
knows what I'm talking about. Oh, should I? So should I use Swipe Night tonight, Joe? Is it worth it? I already know that you're going to. We all know that you're going to. Fuck off, Joe. I hate you so much. You're the worst person ever, and you're a horrible influence on me. I love you. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I don't actually... I'm not even going to describe the story to you because I don't actually know if your choices have any influence on it. You're just going through like this party scenario and you make bizarre choices that don't seem to have any actual impact on the story itself or the interaction between any of the characters. They just seem to determine if you're a bad person or a worse person. <laughs> See, Joe, um, the one thing that I think the story, now I'm not sure about this. I might have to check as someone who, does, who uses Tinder very infrequently. But uh, I, I remember reading on some website that um, when you make the choices in the swipe night, you can see the results in the bios of the people you swipe on and what they chose. You right? can. And it's horrific. Oh, you must have read the same article. Uh, um, no, I just paid attention to Tinder. <laughs> That's the joke, Joe. <laughs> That's the joke, dude. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, I think that's really it. Like, I didn't know if the, I, I don't think it really does have any impact from what, from what I could tell. Like, this isn't Bandersnatch, which is still probably the best use. No, it's of far better video. than Bandersnatch. Oh, trust me. What? What? <laughs> this is far better. Are you going to talk shit on Bandersnatch right now? Are you going to do it in my face? Bandersnatch is pretty good, man. Listen, Bandersnatch, Bandersnatch was a moment Bandersnatch in won time. a fucking Oscar. Bandersnatch Bandersnatch may have won an Oscar, but this... That's right. This, this is doing spectacular Sorry, I mean. things with vertical video. I mean, we're talking up and down and left and right. We have verticality and shaky cam, the likes of which you've never seen. Interactivity, the kinds of which have you saving a dog for some reason. And then there's a comet that you never really see, but all the characters describe in excruciatingly vague detail <laughs> i didn't do Brad, the second week i don't know what happens in the second week. uh well i'm gonna do the third week and i'm gonna report back everyone i'm gonna live tweet it um it's gonna be good i'm really excited joe thank you so much for priming me for this That's great swipe experience night. everybody go experience swipe night in the meantime let's talk about the really important stuff let's talk about pickling in python 3.8 Joe, I don't want to talk about pickling, dude. <laughs> I don't want to. First off, so all right, let's let me let me. This is the this is a weird ass transition to go from like talking about Tinder to Python three point eight pickling, both subjects which might sound like they have things to do with each other, but they really don't. <laughs> um, um, so uh, basically, before this show, Joe and I, I was talking to Joe, and I'm like, Joe. We're we're both software engineers, and we and, and like I'm gonna hard like triple quote here understand programming, and why don't we talk about that on the show? And I'm like, we could talk about like Python 3.8 assignment expressions, which I think are a gift from God. And then Joe just looks down the list, and he's like, yeah, but there's this thing called pickling. What is that's pickling? what we're going to talk about? We might you might ask. Well, Joe, Joe, I don't even know where you're going to go with this because I don't even know what the takeaway was from pickling. What does Python 3.8 do for pickling? The, the takeaway is that pickling is just the object serialization module. 
Yeah. It, and it's got its own logo. It's just a little jar of apparently, I don't know, dill pickles. <laughs> yeah, I don't that know sounds who, like a Python thing. I don't know who thought it would, should be a pickle, but that's... Well, I don't know. That's Python the, for you. That's Python, dude. The, I mean, that, this is coming from the same language who took them till you know python 3.9 to have import raise an import error so <laughs> yeah python's the best man <laughs> i love python so much uh, um that was a yeah that was a great one that was a great one <laughs> having it raised i forget what it raised before but whatever it was a value <sighs> error yeah welcome to HomePod defense squad the only show that could go from talking about tinder to python in the span of 10 minutes all right let's uh let's talk about something that you know what no if anyone's still listening then they you know what this is their own fault all right this is their own fault this is your fault you did this to yourself uh let's talk about the samsung galaxy s10 Mm -hmm. so this is an interesting little tidbit i actually threw this in here because i kind of wanted to just like talk about why this would Mm -hmm. even be because it is weird so apparently samsung galaxy s10s have a weird i don't even know if i want to call this an exploit but anyone's Um, thumbprint is currently able to unlock a galaxy s10 phone uh the way this works is that the exploit is is caused by the presence of a screen protector. So this, the way the scanner works is that it sends ultrasound to detect 3D ridges, um, right. the 3D ridges of the fingerprint, in order to recognize the users. Apparently, mm-hmm. somehow, certain types of screen protectors uh, are interfering with this. My assumption is mm-hmm. it's probably not the tempered glass ones. It's probably going to be the cheapo plastic ones. Probably, yeah. But the uh, story doesn't actually specify. So what I'm curious about is actually uh, how this is just limited to the S10. My question is... If they're able to patch this out, you would think that this would be an algorithmic issue and that it would then affect the rest of Android. No, it would affect the rest of Samsung phones because, again, Samsung builds its own fact, uh, fucky wacko layer on top of Android ah, in order to do right. all their crazy wacko shit. Okay, um, so then it would affect the rest of Samsung then. Yeah. Um, I trust Google to get things right usually more the first time than I trust Samsung, it's, except with the, the Pixel 4 not having fucking, not requiring attention in order to do face unlock at launch which is a big fucking whoops. Yeah, you um, just fucking take a picture but, of someone's face and but hold here's it what's up against concerning. the other one and say, eh, looks similar. Here's what's concerning, is that there is some edge case in Samsung software where it can't detect the actual fingerprint and it lets you in anyways. Like, what it should be is, ah, yes, this fingerprint is a match. Let's let the user in. This is That's... like this is like they put an if an else if and then just at the bottom they without an else they just wrote return true. Return true baby. 
<laughs> Return true. It's all. It's perfect. Don't. Oh, and then man. slash slash. You should never reach this. <laughs> yeah. Slash slash. Unreachable. Unreachable. That's code. for that's for the linter to pick up. It's not my problem. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I don't understand this, dude. I don't get it. Samsung needs to fucking get their shit together. I mean, they let's put it this way. I think in the past year, they've definitely gotten their shit together a lot more. Like, they've released two very good phones, even though, like, one of them, it's kind of like, there's no reason to buy this one. Like, there's no reason to buy the Note. Don't spend extra money on the Note. Like, but the S10 is actually a very good Android phone, one that I feel, I felt pretty comfortable recommending, but, like, I mostly also pointed people towards the S10e, which is their lower cost one that's got the fingerprint sensor in the side button. And I mean, it's still a solid phone. This just points to like a wider problem with the Android programming ecosystem in huh. general. Like as a whole, the whole thing is so fragmented and difficult to develop for that it or not difficult to develop for for like the app user, but for like the creators of the phone they have to build all these layers on top of the android operating system well, itself or feel the need to i anyway. wouldn't i wouldn't say the layers are like necessarily the issue though like there's many phone there's many companies that build layers on top of android and those layers like work like for example like TouchWiz is now bearable if TouchWiz wasn't bearable i wouldn't recommend this phone like TouchWiz is now an opera is now like a an actual user interface that isn't like terrible or not TouchWiz, whatever the fuck they call the new TouchWiz. It's like it, Samsung's UIs are like for me what Windows Metro is. I don't care what they. I don't care what it is, what Windows UI is called now. It's Metro to me. Sorry. Is it possible? It's always that, Metro. Uh, is it possible we wouldn't be having this conversation as often if these different versions of Android with these with these different wrappers? were branded more like different Linux distributions? No. Um, I mean, because no one complains about the fact that, you know, say, I don't know, the latest version of CentOS doesn't work properly. No mm -hmm. one complains about it in, like, the broad sense of Linux sucking balls. Right, but they also just say, oh, the Linux version of CentOS doesn't work. Now... All my servers are borked, but Debian is well, still good. Red Hat is well, still good. I think the difference is that it's a lot easier to switch distros on a Linux computer than it is to switch um, whatever the fuck we have on Android. That's fair. Um, so, like, let's put it this way. It, it, it's not like, oh, man, CentOS is borked. We're going to switch our server. We're going to restore some of our data backups and switch our servers over to Ubuntu, right? What it is is, oh, shit, this Samsung phone has a vulnerability. There goes twenty. There goes like forty percent of the world's smartphones. I just wonder if we made that distinction of it being Samsung Android versus well, pure Google Android versus you know Huawei's well, version of Android. You know. Well, I'm, I I make that distinction. I don't think I, I think a lot of people are making that distinction. This isn't really an issue. Like Google's well, basically we are, built APIs. We, we know to well, make that distinction. The vast majority of people don't know to make that distinction. I think the, the vast majority of people don't know what iOS and Android really are. And I don't think they really know like the, for most, okay, here's another thing. 
I think also Samsung is by far the largest phone manufacturer in the Android market. So I don't think people are going to be like, oh, no, I can't buy LG phones. Like, <laughs> no one buys <laughs> LG phones. People, as much as I love the Pixel, people don't buy the Pixel. Like, they're... Uh, uh, the only like real like hard software manufacturer that like is the dominant seller of its own hardware is Apple. Like that's it. Like as much as I love the surface to death, it doesn't sell. It, it, it's a pretty small part of the market. Like same with pixel as much as I love it to death, pretty small part of the market. Um, I don't really know what I was getting at, but anyways, I, I don't really think it's an issue with like Android as a whole. Um, I just think it's an issue with Samsung not really being a software company that's good at it. Um, their their software is in their strong suit. They make incredible hardware. I, I don't know why they don't just like default to other people's software. I don't know why they don't do it. Like Samsung feels like they have a need to kind of like just rewrite what's already been done. They're kind of like that shitty developer. You know the one. The one that's like, I want to write my own version of this library, even though like <laughs> this library has had like tens of thousands of hours of work put into it, has been developed over the course of multiple years, is resilient, is like phenomenally produced. And they're like, I'm going to replicate all of that in 10 hours. Way to call out the developers of Vue.js. That is <laughs> really rude. <laughs> I don't know what UJS. What's UJS? Vue.js. Oh, Vue.js. <laughs> yeah. No, that's jQuery that's what for the 21st century man. <laughs> jQuery for the 21st century man's React, dumbass. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, um, but yeah, that's that's really. I don't know. Samsung just keeps doing this all the fucking time, and like dumb shit comes from it. Like, if they stuck with hardware, I don't think anyone would really be having this problem. But, and yeah, I don't know. But also, kind of, if they stuck with hardware, they'd be, like, lagging behind Google always by, like, six months. Yeah, that's true. So, that's kind of the problem. Anyways, fun, fun shit. Bye, Samsung phones. Well done, Samsung. All right, moving on. Well done, on. Samsung. Uh, moving on to iOS. So you are now able to subscribe to Twitch streamers on iOS. And cool. the good news is that Twitch has found a way around the Apple tax. And that way uh -huh. is you. Yep. <laughs> you are the way around the Apple tax. So the Apple tax is sort of like the Apple tax is like hounded developers. Like this is a huge oh, problem yeah. in mm -hmm. for every single developer in the Apple ecosystem. And I think this is going to become a bit more common. Uh, Twitch has just solved their problem by pushing off the cost of the Apple tax to everybody else. Rather than a $5 sub costing $5 on iOS, you purchase iOS sub tokens and they cost $5.99. Nice. Um... Yeah, so this is something that's been happening for years, though. I, that's... The interesting thing here is, I, so not only do they cost more on Apple, but they explicitly mm -hmm. call out uh, iOS itself in the branding of the token, and I think that's sort of yeah. the key thing here. Yes. Is that they say, hey, this is Apple's fault that you're paying more for this token. This isn't necessarily on us. If you want to pay... Mm -hmm five dollars for the 
token, you should go elsewhere or take it up with not us. Yeah, so I'll, I'll throw some context in for the people who don't really know about Apple's system. So Apple's got a bunch of walled gardens around apps on the iPhone. Most people know, and if you don't, you should, that um, Apple has a single app store on the iPhone. You cannot install a second app store. Uh, it is called the App Store. Um, it is the only way to download an app on your iPhone unless you have to pay $100 a year for a developer account and compile the app yourself. Um, the Outside of like maybe like Riley's alt store or some shit, but that well, let's not get into that. You can actually um, um you can compile the app for yourself if, without paying a hundred dollars a year. Oh yeah, that's that's, uh, well, they, they, that's they, the distributor's license. Yeah okay, well they they've changed some stuff recently, but basically yeah. like you're not going online to like Amazon's app store on your iPhone, right? Um, so now on top of that, so Apple gets a thirty percent cut of every single app that is downloaded from the iPhone. Uh, that include that is every dollar that that app makes through iTunes, which is still technically the app store, the app store, unlike the app store payment processing system, which is required for all digital transactions. Apple takes a 30% cut. Now here that you might be like, uh Oh, so that's a little tricky, right? Apple takes 30% cut of every single digital transaction for a non-physical product that happens on my iPhone, right? So non-physical product's important because that's how like apps like Amazon get around the system. That's how you're able to still go on the Amazon app and order something to your house through Prime is because that's a physical product that is not an, a, like something that is being delivered as a digital service to an app. Now, what's crazy is these digital app or these apps can't even say go on this website to subscribe you can't say it because apple will not like apple will not approve of your app you can't update your app to the app store if you say that you need to go somewhere else to subscribe like there's no way to get around it you can either just this is you either need to like give people the option and apple takes a 30 percent cut or there is no way to do the payment through an iOS device, period. That's it. And honestly, that's pretty not great. Uh, I don't like that at all. But and this is the way that every single app has worked. This is the way, this is the reason that for I don't I don't know because apps keep going back and forth. This is the reason you can't download books on Kindle. This is the reason you can't like subscribe or like download audiobooks through Audible. This is the reason you can't like what it's what subscribe to things like knowledge. netflix um like, uh when I, I don't when amazon yeah. bought comiXology it yeah killed, it killed that app dead oh yeah it's like there's there's a bunch of things but like developers are still trying to get around it or at least like try to inform their users of you're paying extra money because of iOS. So like, well, there's, there's three solutions. Solution one is just not let people subscribe through it at all. Uh, don't give people a subscribe option or payment option on the iPhone or iPad. Uh, and if you're a big sis, if you're a big like service like Netflix, Spotify, people are generally smart enough to be like, oh, okay, I go to the website to sign up or I just Google the thing. Um, if you're smaller, it's a little bit shittier. Uh, the other solution is solution two, uh, just take the Apple tax. 
just ever Apple gets a 30% cut on all your stuff, make 30% less money. Solution three is a more recent one, which is you mark up everything 30%, which means the user, the people who, the person who's paying the phone or the person who's actually buying the item is paying that money to Apple and the company gets to keep their margins. All three of these solutions are in one way or another shitty. There's no good solution here, but at least Twitch is kind of like has found a way to sneak it in under Apple's rules and regulations that like, this is an iPhone thing. This is the reason you're getting screwed over. Yeah, basically it's sort of, it's sort of a clever little jab at Apple, which I, Mm -hmm. I appreciate. I appreciate it. I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the elegance of the solution. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Actually. I I hope more apps kind of do this. That'd be fun. That's that's really the only reason I put this in here. Otherwise, if they had literally just marked it up, I don't think it would have been worth for marking on. Yeah, I had I just had to. Um, yeah, I just had to give that long winded rant about why this is the case, because yeah. a lot of people do not know how the iPhone works in terms of its store. This is so, like our bi monthly explanation of why Apple, the Apple App Store works the way it does, because it's confusing oh, yeah. and lots of people don't understand it yeah it's insane all right so it is that time of year again it is the end of october earnings reports are coming out for quarter three and we have got some netflix q3 earning reports for you and oh boy are they good are they good joe are they as good as i expected uh it's actually not looking it's not looking terrible. Uh, so oh. I, all right. People, people are, people are, you know, they're, they're iffy. People are always iffy mm-hmm. about Netflix and I don't, I, I don't blame them. Like they're, they're pretty, they're, they're pretty shaky. They're pretty shaky on Netflix. They don't feel great going forward. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I see here is a good quarter three, but they also have, a rough time coming ahead of them so let's break it down okay first of all they uh projected that they were going to add 7 million subscribers this quarter which was up from 6.07 in the year prior they fell slightly short of that they only grew their global paid user base 6.77 million This came from a shortfall in the U.S. where they only added 520,000. They expected to add 800,000. This, Mm -hmm. uh, however, the good news is that revenue increased 31.1% year over year to 5.25 billion, hitting hitting the target uh, due to a 12% increase in average revenue per user, which pretty much balanced out uh, their missed subscriber projections. Mm-hmm. Next up, their operating margin reached 18.7%, which caused their operating income to double to $980 million, and earnings per share jumped 65% to $1.47, which pretty solidly destroyed the analyst estimate of $1.04. So nice. all in all, good for Netflix. in terms of an actual report, it's not terrible. The problem is mm-hmm. that... In order to achieve this report, they had to cut back on both content and marketing costs. So this is reflected not only in their decreased costs, but it's also reflected, uh, and a lot of people have noticed this, in their library 
And mm-hmm. as we literally just covered in slowing subscribers, particularly in the United States. Yep. So the the issue is they've got a lot of threats coming up. They've got Apple coming up. They've got Disney coming up and they're not putting the money into content. They're not putting the money into marketing and the next the, they've got to start putting money into content. Otherwise, they're they just not to. going to be able to compete, particularly with Disney. Apple yeah. is not going to be a big concern. Reed Hastings. Here's one of the big concerns. Reed Hastings particularly claims that Apple and Disney prove to be modest headwinds at best, which I think is one of the biggest concerns for investors right now. He seems to think that linear TV is one of their bigger threats. Uh, I think he what he's focused on right now is really growing out to full saturation in the North American market over the next two or three years because mm-hmm. technically speaking they haven't reached full saturation but there's not a ton of space left to grow there so i yeah this i don't is, know so here's my thing i think what netflix is doing is they're doing my my favorite which is my favorite strategy which is my squidding strategy of uh we have competitors we need to think of an escape route Netflix's escape route is globalization. I think fundamentally, without really them saying this, they're not really, the North American market's pretty big, but also I think with the increased competition in the North American market, Netflix is increasingly thinking about the international market. Um, They have to, right? Like, I don't think, because here's the thing, I don't think Apple and Disney are producing content for international markets. Netflix is producing a significant amount of content for international markets. Um, like Netflix is a globalized network where like, I don't know, I like, I think people like Star Wars, but I don't think the Mandalorian is going to be as huge of a hit in like Japan as it's going to be here. Um, and I don't even know if Disney is launching in all Disney plus is launching in all these, uh, countries. I do think, however, if he says Disney is going to be a modest headwind, I think that's probably the worst prediction since like Blackberry is like, ah, I don't know if the iPhone's competition. Like it's like, that's what it reminded me of when I heard that I'm like modest headwind. Are you fucking kidding me? Like for less the price than what I'm subscribing for you, I can get you, I could get Disney plus Hulu and fucking ESPN plus for free. Like what? Like there's there, there are Disney and Disney absolutely pulling off like an Amazon in order to do this. Like they're sinking profit margins, right? There's, there's, there's there's no way they're making a profit out of this deal. They're doing it so that they can sink Netflix. Like that's their goal. Yeah. And um, Disney has a lot. Disney is a lot more liquid than Netflix is. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, like let's be entirely an... clear here. Disney oh, yeah. can spend Netflix under the table about three times. <laughs> yeah. Di- and Disney is like literally betting this as the future of the company. Like. That's what I'm scared. That's what I'd be scared of. If I was Reed Hastings, I'd be like, what the shit? Disney is betting that Disney Plus is their future content strategy. Like, this is like as much as movies, as much as like everything, how they indoctrinate people into the Disney ecosystem of products and get them to spend money. Um, This is like, which it's a brilliant concept for them, right? Like, 
uh, what's what Netflix and all these streaming services have shown is that if you give people access to a giant content library, they're going to discover and become fans of the content that's in that library. And Disney just essentially almost giving away this content library. Like, se- what is it? Seven dollars a month for Disney Plus? Uh, that's like something I, I, like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's around that price range. Like, it's not higher than seven. Like, that's. $2 a month more than Apple TV Plus and it has infinitely more content than it. Disney just like posted out a fucking like 300 tweet thread of everything that's coming to the service, including shit like Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, and like... Which <laughs> is <laughs> still goddamn hilarious. Um, and pe- so much stuff that people were like, are these movies real? Are you sure? And, and they so they posted multi-hour-long fucking video on youtube showing trailers for all the shit that's coming to it these are in fact real things that are being pushed to the service yeah and Um, i mean the most concerning thing to me is that for like q4 coming up netflix doesn't seem to indicate that they're increasing any of their content budget they're not they're not spending any more than they were before they they seem to be focused mainly on just current subscriber retention like they they state that they're going for subscriber growth but that doesn't come in the form of content creation and i think yeah that's where they're losing honestly if it wasn't for my the fact that like myself and my parents share a netflix subscription i probably unsubscribe like i i was thinking about this the other day i don't know if i I forgot who i was talking to about this uh but like what is there that I'm looking forward to on Netflix? There, like, there's been less and less shit every year. All the Marvel shows are gone, and those were all mostly pretty good. Yeah, um, it does feel like all, every day there's less there. Yeah, all, all that stuff's gone. BoJack Horseman's getting its final season. House of Cards is gone. Those are all shows I watched. I watched House of Cards, which, like, I mean, first off, that show should have ended three seasons before it did and second off yeah there's that other problem but like the um every time i think about i literally had to be like what show am i looking forward to that's not getting canceled that is on netflix and so it like, took me about a minute to think of so like the answer is mindhunter i've get yeah uh so like i've got i've got netflix up right now um i'm yeah. looking at my account of the things on here of the things that come up here for like my recommendations, the office is mm-hmm. leaving. I don't. Yeah. I know a lot of people do. I don't watch the Great British British Baking Show. Um, yeah, I don't watch that either. Peaky Blinders has been going for forever. People have got to be getting tired of that at some point. Like that, it's got to end someday. Um, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, the Dark Crystal was a one-off based on the. Uh, production effort that went into that uh you don't know (laughs) there's i if they make a season two it's gonna be a while uh well do you do you know that uh do you know what i think oh yeah another thing that i'd watch actually so i think what what would save netflix and they've canceled some of these i don't know why what would save netflix and i think the future blueprint for netflix is stuff like Patriot Act. I don't know if you've watched Patriot Act. Yes. And so like, so Patriot Act explained these actual like weekly shows, 
shocker Netflix. If you release a show on a weekly basis and people don't have the ability to binge it in three days, they're going to subscribe to your service for a longer period of time. So the well, see, the, the problem with is, Patriot Act was they needed their interface isn't very well oriented to weekly shows. Yes, they needed a better way to feature weekly shows. They needed to adjust the interface to allow people who regularly watch these things to easily access them when there's a new mm-hmm. episode available, like yeah, Hulu does. So Hulu well, has yeah, but- these weekly things, and they make them readily available for people who watch right. them on a weekly basis. I think who, the problem with Hulu, though, is it's like the exact, it's the polar opposite user interface. It's like, it's completely unfriendly to binging shit. Well, it's got a lot of verticality. It's, really, it's an insane amount of verticality. It's only really good if you like open the app like to watch a specific thing, and then you watch that one thing, and then you close the app. Well, that's like, exactly exact what, A lot of verticality is sort of what you need. Um, mm-hmm. when you're doing that style of searching. So I think, and we're getting, we're getting into like design weeds, which is not an area that I want to get into too much. But I love I think, design weeds. <laughs> but I think that, I think that's sort of where I would go with it is I, I'd put a more vertical, I'd put a more vertically oriented sen- section towards the top, which by the way, they need a spot. That's not just a giant takes up you know 70 percent of your screen Mm -hmm. uh advertisement for whatever thing that no one cares about that needs to be replaced a right black mirror yeah no i'm not gonna watch black mirror okay i'm not gonna watch american (laughs) horror story i what have you have you not seen black mirror before because i can tell you what i could literally give you a list of the good episodes i i know there's good ones out there i'm just there's really it's good a lot ones. of it. There's phenomenal ones. I'm sure there's good ones. I'd, I'd, it's one of these you, days. Black Mirror is actually great. I'd say I'm watch tired, all of it. I'm just tired of having the ads autoplay on a giant thing. Uh, the point is, I'm angry at the Netflix yeah. interface, and we're moving on because I'm mad at yeah. Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> Netflix is fucked. Whoops. Um, Netflix. They should turn into an anime subscription service and compete with Crunchyroll. That's my personal take. Crunchyroll. <laughs> subscribe what? now for. Oh yeah! <laughs> subscribe to Crunchyroll using the promo code HomePod <laughs> <laughs> for ten percent off your first month. All right. Okay. What a take! Let's. What an uh... absolute rant on Netflix. Let's uh let's go over the Google announcements real fast. Yeah, let's. All right, so let's the uh, Google event went on this past week. We've got the Pixel 4, we've got the Pixel 4 XL, we've got the Pixel Buds 2, we've got the Pixel mm-hmm. Go Chromebook, we've got a smart speaker, we've got uh, another mesh router. Uh, Correction, it's the Pixelbook Go, not Pixel Go. What? Whatever. It's not a whatever, Joe. It's separate branding. It's separate lines. Go tell the Facebook. Pixel is their phone line. Pixel book is their laptop line. Go type it into Google. Nest is now Google Home. Google Home is now an app and not Nest. Uh. (laughs) Everything is Google's incredible at branding. Just look at Allo. I'm tired, Evan. (laughs) I'm tired and I'm 
I, I want, the world's I want to, exploding. The Joe. world is loud. It's changing too fast. Everything's changing too fast. These kids are playing the Fortnite. I don't understand it, so that means it's bad. I don't fucking get the TikToks. I don't get them. That They're scary in China. I don't understand it. I don't like it. And because I don't like it, I think it's bad. Kids these days are playing Fortnite, and China's up on Hearthstone yelling things, and I just can't follow any of it anymore. I can't follow any of it anymore, but I feel like I need to voice my opinion. Alright, so the Pixel 4... How the fuck did we get there? I don't know. The Pixel 4 starts at $799 for a 64GB version, uh, and $899 for the XL. For some reason, they come in orange... It's a limited color, quote unquote. I hope it's very limited because it's ugly. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. It also like... comes in black and white. Buy the black or the white one. If I see you with an orange one, then we're going to exchange words. Keep in mind, though, the black one is does not have a matte finish, unlike the other two. The black one has a glossy finish. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty cool with the glossy finish. On see, I'd be black. definitely cool with it, except I've, I've rarely seen people who have Pixel phones with a case, probably because it's just so hard to actually find a case for these fucking phones. That's true. But, um, so it's, it's whatever. I mean, basically from what I can tell, looks like an awesome phone. It is the most iPhone and Android phone has been. So of course I love that. Yeah. Um, um here, let's, let's go down the, they uh, actually, first off, it's actually, okay. One thing I've said on a previous episode, well, I think we were talking about this when like 3d touch was dying, right. Is that, you can generally tell which Apple's uh, features, especially within the past 10 years, right, are the successful ones and which are the failures almost entirely by whether or not they actually get adopted by other companies, right? Like 3D Touch was very obviously a failed feature because like it was not adopted by literally any single other phone company. It was not put into Android. It was not put into the iPad. It was not put fucking anywhere. Because of that... 3D Touch was also uh, like blatantly expensive. It was blatantly expensive, and not only it that, was very right, nice, though. but it was it was very nice for the people who the only people who use three D touch three D touch are the people who watch fucking iPhone keynotes because that's the only time you've heard about it. Don't call <laughs> me out like that. That's no, it's true. Like my parents <laughs> didn't know what the fuck three D touch is because the phone had makes no effort to teach you. Just the phone because no I watch iPhone keynotes is not the only reason that I use three D touch. It's the only reason you fucking know about it. That's not <laughs> entirely true. It's it's pretty true, Joe. Like, let's be honest. But basically, Face Unlock, everyone knows Face Unlock. Everyone knows Face ID. Like, Android phones have had trouble copying it, except Google, which has done an incredible job copying it. So incredible, actually, now that the city of Atlanta started to notice. <laughs> 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 but, um... <laughs> I, 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 I really can't like stop like making these jokes dude um um all right yeah so that was a good one. All right. Yeah, so uh, Face ID is on it, and it's as good, if not better, than the iPhone because of the fact that it's got a nice little radar that, de that like, detects when you're about to pick 
your phone up. So it starts the scanning process right then and there. So it's a lot faster. In fact, it's so fast that you actually have to put, it's kind of like, remember when like Apple sort of perfected touch ID and before they put the whole, like click the home button to unlock the thing in the iPhone. So when you picked up your phone, you just went straight blazing past the home screen. That's what it's like right now. Um, Good times. Yep. Those are fun times. Anyways. Uh, you uh, want me to Pixel run 4's... down the uh, the specs yeah. on these quick? Yeah, run down the specs. All right. So the uh, we'll start with the all right. So the display on the four five point seven inch OLED, the XL is six point three inch OLED. They're both mm-hmm. uh, ninety hertz refresh rates, four forty four PPI, five thirty seven PPI respectively. Uh, mm-hmm. Do do. They both run Android 10, both have 16 megapixel telephoto lenses and 12.2 megapixel wide angle lenses. The front facing camera is an 8 megapixel lens. Video capture is 4K. They run Qualcomm Snapdragon 855 processors with choices of 64 or 128 gigabytes of storage and 6 gigabytes of RAM. Uh, Mm. Naturally, as is the case with the Pixels, no expandable storage on these ones. I really miss that in Android phones. I don't. I miss expandable storage. It was right, slow, but, uh, so, but like I did really dig it. Android phones are like Android phones copy even the shitty parts of the iPhone. I wish they didn't, but they've realized they can do it because the iPhone is one of the dominant selling phones in America and people come to expect it. So people don't expect expandable storage because iPhone doesn't have it and they want the iPhone users. They um, So no expandable storage. They are USB-C and they do not have a headphone jack. Again, shitty parts of the iPhone. Um, because every single phone manufacturer has to sell has to upsell their wireless earbuds because that's what Apple did. It's the <laughs> I mean, only way to sell them. Well, I mean, the problem the problem was that Apple's upsell, right, would not have worked if the AirPods were not almost absolutely perfect, which they kind of are. <laughs> like as far as like as far as like friction for its user interface goes which is it has no user interface. You put them in your ear and they work. Like, so other, other, other headphones are like, they're, they're catching up. They're going to catch up a lot faster than like the, than Android phones did to the iPhone. Like I'd say by next year, all, all these earbuds should be about as good as the AirPods. Um, At least in terms of like friction. Yeah, the AirPods are literally magic. Like they're they're insane. I fucking I've oh, I, I, actually before we move on because I noticed something ju- like literally just now. So huh. the Pixel Three and the Pixel Three XL under special features have listed USB C headphones in the box. Um, yeah. Pixel Four doesn't. The Pixel Four does not. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the same shit with the iPhone. iPhone doesn't have fucking... They're not... Or does it still have them in the box? Uh, yes, they do, actually. Um, oh, they don't have the dongle in the box they anymore. Don't that's what was give away the. They stopped giving away the dongle, but you still get the headphones. They... Are, are they not doing the dongle? Are they not doing the headphones at all anymore? Well, I don't think so. That seems Which is weird. funny because the Pixel 3a, the Pixel 3a has a headphone jack. 
<laughs> that came out this year. Well, that's the 3A, but did the... Th- the, the Why three do and the, the cheaper X- phones have the headphone jacks? No, the 3 and the Watch 3X... The next- the three and the three XL yeah. didn't have a headphone jack. The three A. You want to know? Jack. You want to know why they? That okay. I, how much do you want to bet? So there's rumors right now that Apple's going to sell a four hundred dollar new iPhone next year. Like right now, people are calling it the SE two. It's probably not going to be called that. But that's the rumor. I will bet, Joe. I will bet you right now, and you can mark this down. I will bet you twenty dollars that it comes with a headphone jack. And you want to know why I make that bet? I will take that bet all day. <laughs> you want to know why I'm going to make that bet? Because develop, why, you cannot Adam. upsell headphones to developing markets. Ooh. <laughs> you Ooh. can't. The Pixel 3a is a developing market Android phone. All these Android phones in developing markets still have headphone jacks. I was thinking, I'm like, why the fuck do these ultra, why, why do these cheaper slash medium range Android phones have headphone jack? And it's because if you're, if you're spending $1,000 on your phone, what's an extra $170 for the wireless earbuds? But if you're spending $400 on your phone, you need it to work with headphones. And a phone that doesn't work with headphones will not sell. Simple as that. That, I, I gotta hand it to you. That's, that's a solid, uh, that's that's a solid reasoning. I yeah. Well, you took the bet, so I'm throwing yeah. out my reminders, fucker. I I'm still having a hard. I still have a hard time seeing them backpedaling after this long. Like that's well, it's not them backpedaling, right? Like the Pixel Three A has it, and the Pixel Four doesn't. Well, see, that's the thing. Is it's it's not technically backpedaling. It's pivoting for a for a market, but to everybody else, sure looks like backpedaling. So I, I don't know. Well, sure, I don't know how Apple handles that. I, I I literally know one person who's going to buy that phone, and it's the person who I know who still has an iPhone. SE. I also know. <laughs> I, I know everybody exactly. has an iPhone SE friend. I know the exact person you're referring to. <laughs> I, wait, do you? I'm not. Re- I, I'm I'm not referring to anyone you know. Who, oh, okay. okay. Just text me who it is. Um, okay. Text me who it is because I have no idea who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways the um yeah i think either way going to my takeaway of pixel 4 pixel 4 xl probably the same takeaway i had when we learned about all these features and this what exactly this phone would be like four or five months ago which is it looks great it looks like a really great really phenomenal android phone i'm excited to check it out i'm excited to take a look at it uh i did wish it had three cameras instead of the two that it's got on the back um it's really weird to just do those two in a square formation but sure that's just like they're just like straight copying. I don't even know why they would do that. But because everybody copies everything about the iPhone, even the shitty parts. The iPhone has many shitty parts, and I don't know why Android phone manufacturers copy it. Really stupid. Like that's, uh, the, that's one- the thing. Like when I opened this, I saw it, and I'm like, I think I see three lenses. And then I scroll no. down, and it's like, no, it packs dual rear cameras. I'm like, then why would you put it? in a block array what yeah i don't know it's like the the iphone the the 10 models and the 10s models like do it in a a really nice looking way like i'd say the 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 current iphones have like um like the the current iphones have like actually a, a pretty solid like camera setup i'd say the nicest looking camera bump of any iphone like i don't think camera bumps look particularly amazing 
but I think the the ten had the nicest, like prettiest looking camera bump, better than the six. I would agree. Um, yeah. Anyways, my biggest surprise was the ninety hertz display. I was not expecting that. That's like unless you're a fucking unless you're a razor phone, like you don't have it. Um, and the only time Apple sells refresh uh, displays with refresh rates higher than sixty hertz, I'm not sure about if the new like five thousand dollar monitor does it is like the iPad Pros. Um, so yeah, I'll say the price isn't know. bad either. No, the price is better than the iPhone. Uh, it's about a it's about two hundred dollars better than the iPhone for each one. Yeah. Um. And you can get, and I mean, for the 128 yeah. gig for 899, the 128 gig iPhone is what, like $1,200? I don't even think the iPhone sells 128 anymore. I think it's 64 and then 256 and then 512. Oh, yeah, you're right. So that's how, so that's the, I mean, yeah, that's the big thing. Cause I think I checked my iPhone. I think I've got 128 gigs of storage. Uh, or I've got like 128 gigs in my storage because everybody buys the 256 model now. Because you don't buy the the sm- the like smallest storage phone anymore unless like you j- just don't do anything on your phone. I found that to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, it looks really cool. I'd say buy it. All it's right. It's really Evan, just my thing. You but, have got a new segment for us. Tell us about I it. I do. Um, this segment is called Evan's Mad. It's the segment where I'm mad. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try this segment out this week because um, I realize that I'm always mad about something in technology and we haven't done wild and irresponsible speculation in a while. Um, at least since I did the greatest irresponsible speculation, which was what if drone, what if crime as a service, but drone. Um, <laughs> still my favorite. Um, but what am I mad about this week? All right. Labeling who sees your data is not a hard thing to do. Labeling that explicitly, right, prevents all these companies from having horrible PR disasters down the road. It lets users explicitly know who is seeing the stuff you type? Who is seeing the stuff you say? Or who's hearing what you say? And who's seeing stuff from your cameras? The thing that provoked me this week is Amazon's cloud cam. All right, all right, right? all right. I'm going to interrupt you right there, Evan, because I, I think yeah. I see where you're going with this. Yes. Uh, I think well, what you're arguing for here is that we should all take it upon ourselves no. To self-label our data. No. We, we should be providing this data pre-labeled to Amazon and Apple so that they don't have to hire these contractors to go through our Nest camera footage. Yeah. So, Joe, my plan... Or better right, yet, and this we is... should hire our own contractors. That way we can <laughs> vet our contractors. That's a, that's a great idea. Thereby but my creating idea, more what? jobs for the American people. Ugh, here Joe goes again with the politics. <laughs> the, the, my plan, right? So you know what? It's a good idea, Joe. And here's my solution to that thing. Every single camera 
will now come with a variety of nice little stickers. You can put these stickers on a bunch of things, such as uh, such as household items, intruders, your dog, specifically so that the camera has labeled sections of data that it can train on, right? It knows that this thing is your dog because it's got a bright purple sticker attached to its fur. QR code. <laughs> when it's going by the camera. So the camera is smart enough to identify this object as dog. But what about your friends? Will it identify them as intruders? Only if you put the intruder sticker on to label the segment training. <laughs> so make sure that if someone comes into your house and, and breaks glass, right? It tr- and you... you you go up to the, your your Amazon cloud cam and hit the break glass buttons so that the data can be labeled to improve Amazon's algorithm. So therefore, it can be anonymized and you don't have to see it. And nobody has to see it. <sighs> Actually, though... I'm glad that we could get this idea out there and into the American public. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea, Joe. I think but, this but could actu- really revolutionize data collection for the future. <laughs> Actually, Joe, in all seriousness, there should be some form of standard agency or whatever, right, that at least for physical products that you place in your house, right, that specifically um, states and has like just explicit things on the box that's mandatory for almost all smart home products. This is the data that is collected on you and is reviewed by humans because there's a difference between a lot of people think everything, right, that is said into their smart speaker, everything that is shown or to their smart cameras or whatever in their house, right, all this stuff is all done by an AI, right? That like, so for Amazon Cloud Cam, which is a thing that I own, it is in my house. And the thing that triggered this story is this week, turns out that Amazon Cloud Cam, it, the footage that is being sent up to their servers, is being looked at by contractors in various countries um, in order to label training data. That's because these cameras have, you know, smart features, which is now a big selling point of in-house cameras. You can't monitor your camera all the time. So it's, uh, and you don't want to get an alert for every single time like a leaf blows outside. So your camera, you want your camera to have person detection. You want your camera to have dog barking detection, glass break protection. You want your camera to have like, you know, all these features so that you're not getting 50,000 notifications throughout the day. Amazon Cloud Cam has that five bucks a month or whatever the price is. I forget. You pay and you get all these cool cloud features. It's really useful. We have it in our house. Um, The problem that people don't understand is so in order for these algorithms to get better, right, in order for people to understand this is a person, this is a dog barking, right? What you need to do is you need to gather these data sets and you need to have an actual real human go in and verify what each thing is. An actual human needs to go in, grab, look at the frame of the, what your camera has sent back to Amazon, drag a box over where the person is in order to tell the algorithm, in order to tell the, the training algorithm, this person, this is person. Um, same thing with audio, same thing with everything. This is how all training for all algorithms work. The um, You need to have humans labeling data. In fact, you're probably labeling data every day and you don't actually know it. 
um, Joe, you know this, but I'm going to like, you know, tell the viewer, hey, you know those times when you have to click a box and it says, I'm not a robot, right? But then it actually, you have to do a little test where you're clicking on cars or stop signs or traffic lights or crosswalks or intersections. Captures. That is, yeah, that's training Google's self-driving car project, Waymo. You are labeling data for Google. The AI, the algorithms that are training these cars, right, need to get an insane amount of data in order to train their cameras. And they, just like any computer, don't know what things are. You have to label it for them so that when they throw it into their machine learning algorithms, right, they know what a crosswalk is. That is that a crosswalk? I need to confirm. And you're going on your website to log into your bank account and you have to click the crosswalk and you've just confirmed it for Google. You are doing the same type of job that a contractor elsewhere is doing for your data that you are giving to these companies. Like that, this is fundamentally what has to happen for every single form of AI and machine learning. See, I think this, large data set. I think this could actually pose like a really interesting sort of future because what you proposed is sort of like. So essentially what you're proposing is a list of all the potential data points that are being collected on you for yep. every single device. And if, if for any given one of these devices, the actual number of data points that are being collected is potentially gigantic. Well, uh, I'm not so proposing a list of those data points. But here, what? so what we may be looking at is actually something along the lines of like say an ingredients list on say mm -hmm. you know your cereal so yeah we could add, well, which could be like the level of standardization that is required which might not be a bad thing i think that's definitely required i think that something else that should absolutely be required though because i think there's a big difference between if a computer is processing what I say and if someone is looking at what I say. If I say something to Siri and like Siri responds back, if I say my deepest, darkest secret to Siri, that data is anonymized on Apple servers, blah, 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 whatever. People don't really care as much. And if a human has the capability to access that data in any way, shape, or form, that kind of changes the game a bit, especially when it's like something personal, private. Like if you have a, like Echo shows right? There's these things like there's echo shows, there's echo spots. There's a lot of Amazon echo devices that are in bedroom, right? And like, they all have cameras on them. They have cameras without a shutter on these devices, right? Like there's an insane amount of now smart speakers, smart displays that are in houses that are in private spaces, right? And like, without no fundamentally knowing who can see this data is a fucking problem. Like, this is an issue. Um, and I think it's going to boil over pretty heavily. I think what we've seen right now of all the smart speakers, this person's listening to stuff. This person's listening to stuff is like the start of it. Because like this person's listening to stuff can be potentially bad, right? If someone says, hey, Google, the password to my company safe is 2364, like accidentally, right? That gets like people don't realize that that could actually be heard. Um, yeah, I like, mean, we're to, literally, we, we could potentially be anywhere from 6 to 18 months away from the, I don't know, CNET or Bloomberg article that says so-and-so talked to anonymous contractor in, you know, uh, 
random country who has watched public figure nude because yeah. they had an Amazon device in their, you know, bedroom. Yeah, this this is why like I'm super wild. hyped. This is why I'm super hyped for Amazon's like or not Amazon's uh, Apple's like HomeKit thing. When I first saw like this summer that at WWDC that they were and like doing, yeah, that Apple was doing. Like, oh yeah, that we're doing is all the, come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that report is going to come, and I think when they a- Apple's positioning itself and has been positioning itself since at least this summer to be ready for it and to be the fallback company for smart homes when all this shit hits the fan. Um, the only problem is you have to buy a 400, you have to buy a $200 Apple TV <laughs> in order to do it. Um, the good news is Apple so, TV plus is only $5 a month. Oh, or free if you buy an Apple product for yeah. a year. Well, if you buy an Apple TV plus, does that mean you get Apple TV for, or if you buy Apple TV, does that mean you get Apple TV plus for a year? I, I mean, I would assume. Huh. It's the, That's pretty cool. It's the snake eating itself. Shit. All right. As always, it all comes back to Apple products. As always, it all comes back. Everything comes back to Apple products. Even when almost entirely because their operating system is locked down enough to the point where they make sure it all comes back to Apple products. Even when Evan's mad about something, it all comes back to Apple products. Always, especially when it's I'm mad about the Apple product. All right. The Magic Mouse 2 has a lightning port under the fucking mouse. You can't charge the mouse and use the fucking mouse at the same time because the cable is under plugged underneath the fucking mouse. Evan, Johnny Ive is gone. He he can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> See, what's what's crazy is the trackpad 2 is perfect. <laughs> There's no problems. It's gone. It can't hurt us anymore. The butterfly keyboard is dead. 16-inch MacBook Pro when? Probably next month. All right. I think that does it for us this week. Uh, if you want to follow Evan, he's on Twitter at EvanExtreme. I'm on Twitter at PithPith. That's P-I-T-H-P-I-F-T-H. You can follow the show at HomePod Squad. Email us. HomePodDefenseSquad at gmail.com and of course our website zoon.rocks Why don't we have people DM us on Twitter too? Slide into our DMs kids. Slide into our DMs we'll open them like right now if they're not already. Literally immediately Uh, right now. Yeah like immediately ask us ask us questions. We know that you're listening. For the next 15 seconds while we're still alive. Alright thanks for listening (laughs) see you next week Later Later